space on your phone to record things. Uh, I do. It's just my videos take up a lot more space than yours because they are higher quality. Man, if only someone on YouTube was like, man, one of those camera qualities is just terrible, then it would matter. <laughs> you know... Welcome to the All Things Reconsidered <laughs> no, Podcast. Not I'm started. one of your hosts, Brandon, and this is Joey, and hey. welcome back to the table. Uh, well, I guess now people know the truth, is that we're not even real friends. One of my favorite parts of whenever Joey asks me to enter the podcast is he never knows what's going to happen, <laughs> and I do my best to catch him off guard like I did today, and I've done in previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, good job, good job. And uh, thank you, like he said, for everyone joining us, and uh, we are actually friends. We yeah, are. we are. We actually met in Bible college. We did. That's going to be a fun story to get into one of these days. Um, you know, one thing that I want to do is um, bring in one of our friends who went to the same Bible college that we did and have a three-person panel discussion about what we went through and how we've changed. At our little tiny table that barely fits the two of us. We might have to find somewhere else to film. We're probably going to have a tertiary cam Yeah. for him. Yeah. That'll be his own phone because we still haven't bought actual cameras. It's Support just... us at patreon.com slash all things reconsidered. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, we'll also buy a bigger table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but table yeah, nice. I, I just thought that'd be fun. People have asked, you know, for our own personal deconstruction story. I thought it might be fun to bring in another friend of ours who went through the same thing we did. And that way we can really get into what's changed and what we went through. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. That's not what we're doing today, though. No, it is not. Um, today we're going to talk about, you know, things like heaven. Um, specifically one person's view on heavens. That is kind of funny. Um, and we're going to talk about the rapture because people ask us about the rapture a lot. And, uh, and I think it's going to be fun. Again, yeah. as always, we say it in every single episode, and I'm sure you guys are probably tired of hearing it. But for those who are new to the All Things Reconsidered podcast, Joey and I are not experts. We're not theologians. We didn't go to seminary. We, uh, we're just two guys on the internet that love God. And uh, we love people. And hate the rapture. And we <laughs> hate whenever church theology mm-hmm. hurts people. Yes. And so we are trying to redeem theology back to the general public and trying to uh, you know, show people there are different ways to think about things that have been commonly accepted truths. Exactly. I just wanted to make this whole thing to show people that it's okay to think differently. Yeah. That you don't have to think just like the fundamentals, that the fundamentals of faith that you've been provided with, some of them are false fundamentals. And it is perfectly okay to deconstruct those. You're not a bad Christian for doing so. Right. And we are going to do that with a lot of fun things like our Friday bonus videos that I'm excited about some of these. Yes. Brandon, you're actually uh, working on a project that I'm really excited about. And I'm going to put you on the spot for it so that you have to do it now. All right. But you are working on a Harry Potter series. I sure am. Well, can you just tell us about that? Um, so this is going to kind of be a kind of a breakdown on not necessarily the theology in Harry Potter, but um, how the church has viewed something like Harry Potter incorrectly. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of break it down by each book and look at the theological themes that flow throughout the books and flow throughout the entire story as a whole. Because, I mean, J.K. Rowling has come out and said that she's an Anglican. You know, she was part of the Eastern Orthodox Church. She was confused why the church had such a negative reaction to her books. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, as a kid, before I started going to church, Harry Potter was a huge part of my life. And then after I got plugged in church, the books were still a huge part of my life. I mean, to this day, I still listen to the entire series at least once a year. You're getting a whole Harry Potter back piece, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be getting a tattoo, a whole Harry Potter tattoo. So, like, it's it's a big part of, you know, my life. 
it's you know it was super impactful to me uh, in different points in my life as a kid, teenager, and as an adult. And I can legitimately say that like God has spoken to me through this book. Yeah. Um. So I think it's I think it's going to be a really cool thing, and I hope I can make a good video that makes sense. And so oh, we'll see. I'm how excited. I do. I'm excited about it, man. So be looking out for that. We're also gonna we have also uh, some other fun things planned for our Friday videos. Um. So yes, look out for that. And now that Brandon has come out and said it. He has to do it. Correct. Because so. it's on the internet now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, we just want to thank you guys so much for coming and taking a seat with us at our little table and our little corner of the internet as we talk about some things today. Yes. Pull up a chair. Have a seat. Can you not stand and not turn to the left and give yourself as a partner to the evil that wants to take this land? Oh, um, we apologize, Kat. Uh, we didn't know that you were here. We didn't know that you were listening. We shouldn't be surprised. You know, Yikes. I know that God speaks to you often, so he probably told you that somebody was going to be talking about this. Cat Kurt, I'm sorry. Just take a seat. Let's talk. So it's it's okay. I, I'm not trying to offend you or your views. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we do need to talk about some of the things that you have said. So that crazy yeah. lady that you just saw screaming at you, um, I feel like some people might be a little startled after that. I'm sorry. Let's just, let me just show you. Right. Kat Kerr is a bit of a, a enigma. She's a pink-haired pink uh, revelator. She's known for being on all sorts of different prophetic shows, things like Flashpoint, the kind of stuff that your prophetic aunt posts on Facebook. Right. She is a self-proclaimed prophet. Another thing that she calls herself is a weather warrior. Have you heard about that? A weather warrior? A weather warrior. She Like environmental weather? Yes. She believes, like, you take verses about Jesus, you know, calming storms, mm-hmm. and she believes that she is now a weather warrior who can do the same thing. And so she has videos out there of her fighting against hurricanes and, like, commanding that Hurricane Dorian uh, leave. Okay. She's out there with a cane in the middle of a hurricane wind is going nuts rain is coming in from all angles and she's out there with a cane swinging around telling dory in the hurricane to go to the east now we will show that video right now so right now at this moment we take authority over dorian and we hit that storm to the east right now and i'm gonna do it three times we hit it to the east we hit it to the east and command you go to the east and it's not that <laughs> I don't believe that Jesus calmed the storms, okay? Yeah. And it's not that I don't believe in, you know, praying, making a difference, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But but that's a bit nuts. However, <laughs> standing in the middle of a hurricane with a cane yeah. and praying that it goes away, it's akin to this thing that we do, okay? Because mm-hmm. she wasn't just praying that it would be calmed, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. She was praying that it would go somewhere else. To the east. Right. So, I, this is what I take issue with, is we're from, Al, you know, we're not from Alabama, but we both lived in Alabama, okay? Yes. And there have been, you know, there are tornadoes in Alabama. And Joe and I have both been in a town where there have been active tornado watches mm-hmm. and active tornado warnings. Yeah. And tornado sightings. Yeah. And I remember both Joe and I have been in prayer meetings where we pray the tornado away mm-hmm. and it goes around the town. But then it absolutely demolishes another town. Yep. And we pr- and we say, oh, that was God. God yeah. did this. God protected us. He didn't protect them, though. But he didn't protect them. So yep. it's like, 
was that really God's influence? Yeah. Like, it, was our faith just stronger than theirs, so therefore God just destroyed that town because he was supposed to be destroying something? I guess if you cat cur, you're a weather warrior, you protect Florida, and you send that storm to the east, and you don't worry about the east. That's right. You don't worry about it. Um, she has a big name for herself for really three major things. One of them is the Weather Warrior stuff, yep. in which she sells little buttons that you can wear that say Weather Warrior. <laughs> that's so awesome. I She's, need one of those buttons. She sells – it's all sorts of products that say it's amazing. Okay. So that's like one of her earlier things. The next big thing that she's known for is she claims to be taken to heaven on almost a nightly basis. Right, yes. That she, I didn't know. Yes. So she claims that almost every night when she goes to sleep that God pulls her up and into heaven and that she's been to heaven – Thousands of times, she's she quips a On lot her that website, she has. She says that she, yeah, she's a frequent flyer to heaven. Yes, and that in heaven she sees all this miraculous stuff that she's then called to go tell us about. Um, she even says that her pink hair um, is specifically because God told her that she needed to dye her hair to get more attention. Oh, so I didn't know that. Listen to her about heaven. Yeah, you know we've done an episode before where we talked about people like Colton Burpo yep. and Alex Malarkey who yep. claim that they went to heaven. Cat Kerr takes it to the next level. She <laughs> takes it to, to an extreme. extreme. Yeah. Um, so that's the next thing she's known for, and then finally the third thing that she's really well known for is her trump prophecies yeah she is one of the biggest trump prophets and has several times gone on record saying that trump would win the re-election and then as he obviously didn't she has not backed down right and has continued to claim that he will still be president we're recording this in june uh-huh she has she is still as of right now claiming that he will be made president again this year um so she refuses to back down on that Right now, I declare and I call for our president to take his rightful place, Trump, to come forth right now, step into your destiny. Brandon's looking at her product page right now on her website, and I can tell you're trying to hold it together. <laughs> Do my why, best. why don't you tell us what you found on I there? I found a weather warrior kit. Yeah, a full kit. <laughs> and it comes with... It comes with... <laughs> comes with a notebook like a composition notebook yeah it comes with a laminated map of the u.s and the world map yes a dry erase marker so you can track the storms a magnet and a button yeah i and, mean that's what you need and it comes with it's called the weather warrior guide to provide sample decora- declarations for different types of weather conditions and issues. Now, see, how can I respond to this anyway by saying it's a it's fraudulent? <laughs> it's it, she's silly. Just, it, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, but the heaven stuff is really where it gets funny. Yeah. So she has told people that. Oh, so she 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 might still have this on her page, and maybe you could find it. I don't know if she still has it, but there's a Q and A page that oh. I, I found in the past. Where people would submit questions about heaven and she'd answer them. Sure. And we had some wonderful jewels from that. <sighs> like, for instance, that in heaven, um, there are different lands for different uh, holidays. Yeah. Did oh, I talk yeah. about this? I watched the video about this. The holiday lands. Why, yep. why don't you tell our, our friends about um, that? One of my favorite ones, uh-huh. hands down favorite ones, is um, she says there's a place called Christmas Land yes. in heaven. Yes. Where there's always snow on the ground, but it's not too cold. Like you don't like you don't really need a jacket, but some people wear them, you know, just because they like the look of it. Yeah, um, it's always decorated for Christmas, Christmas trees, the lights, the yeah. whole kit and caboodle. It's just Christmas land, and it's always Christmas. Yeah. The irony yeah. of this, though, is Jesus was definitely a Jew, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why Jesus would be celebrating Christmas. Well. It's his birthday. It should be called Birthday Land. Well, actually, I think there is something like that. There's, there's, there's a land for every holiday. Now, our astute viewers and listeners might be thinking to themselves, "That sounds an awful lot like an animated movie that I've seen before." 
And you are correct. That is exactly like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. When he's standing in that area with all the trees and then leads <laughs> to different holidays, that's literally... I'm not even exaggerating to just, like, rag on this person. That's literally what she describes, is that there's doorways or, or roads that lead to different worlds in heaven where it's a holiday. And so there's a world for Easter, a world for Christmas, a world for Valentine's Day, just all of them. Not Halloween, though, I'd imagine. No, not a Halloween. Of course not. Of course not. Come Unless on, they're biblically-based characters. Yeah, if you like, go, dressed up if, as them. Yeah. If you want to go to Halloween land, that's called hell. Oh, you, you can go there. That's true. Cat that's true. Loves you can to, go there. Yeah. So... That's one of the things. Um, she also claims that like trees are can walk and are alive and can pick you up and you can ride on big trees. So did she like was she just watching Lord of the Rings or something? Yeah, I think so. Because that's exactly what they're talking it's about. It's the Ents. Yeah. So the Ents are in heaven. Um, oh, one of my favorite ones is about the mansions in heaven. Yes. Now you remember may yes. remember from a previous podcast we went over the Rapture Ready uh, website and their mansion yes. index. Yes. Um, now Cat Kerr does disagree slightly with that because <laughs> in heaven. Almost none of the mansions have roofs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's one because says, the yeah. weather is perfect in heaven. Yeah. Now, I mean, this makes a lot more sense to me because I was wondering why she's talking about the weather so much in heaven. Knowing she's a weather warrior, yeah, I, I completely understand. It's that. a big why. deal to her. Um, but she says that the weather's always perfect. You know, it never rains unless you go to a specific area mm-hmm. where there's always thunderstorms, so you can get struck by lightning. Because in heaven, it feels good. Right. It feels good to be struck by lightning because the lightning is just from God. Correct. Because he's Zeus. I, guess? I don't know. <laughs> but none of the mansions have ha- none of the mansions have roofs because the weather's just it's perfect. So you don't really yeah. need a roof, and that way you can look at the sky and everything like that, and, it, and yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, and if the movie references weren't enough already, she also pulls from Narnia because she also says that there are rooms like in your house you can open a door and it leads into a different world that was specially designed for you. Right. Kind of like the wardrobe in Narnia. Yeah. So I really feel like she's just watching a lot of movies and then. Yeah. And now the movie references don't end there either. And this is the thing I'm most excited about if she is correct on her views of heaven. Please be correct because your heaven sounds Please be correct. (laughs) Because in her heaven, she has been there. And Christopher Reeves, mm-hmm. the one and only Superman, yes. gives flying lessons. Yes. I kid you not. She has said that Christopher Reeves... You can't make this stuff up. ...gives people flying lessons because well, at the she end did, of actually. his life, he gave his life to God. Mm-hmm. He got up to heaven and realized most people know how to fly that well. Yeah. And so he was Superman. It's a so big problem. he knows how to fly. It's a big problem. People not knowing how to fly in heaven. So he teaches people how to fly different ways on their worship and praise. And no. so they do like Superman pose. They do like the whole like super, you know, the superhero flying styles. But Christopher Reeves gives lessons all the time. And she thinks it's really funny yeah. whenever people that are new to heaven still don't know how to fly and like watching them, you know, get their, get their wings, yeah. pun intended. Almost sounds like the scene in Harry Potter where he's learning how to fly on the broom. Yeah. But that's beside the point. You know... I feel like we need to pause just real quick and stress for our listeners. We are not making any of this up. No. Some people might be listening and be like, what the heck are they talking about? This is a real person who's Correct. making these claims, calls herself a revelator, a prophetess, and your parents listen to her. And okay? I would also like to emphasize, we are not exaggerating yeah. any of the things that she has said. And we haven't even hit the weirdest ones. For instance... She says that you can ride on T-Rexes in heaven. Correct. That, that dinosaurs are in heaven. You can ride on them. They have little saddles. You can climb up aboard. They can talk to you, and you can ride on them to your heart's content. She also says that there is... You, this was so great. You look like you cannot keep any of this together. It's so great. She said, did I say about the rush? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I heard her talk about the rush. Yeah, there's a roller coaster in heaven. It's called The Rush. 
and you can ride it. She claims that she frequently has ridden it with Jesus Christ himself. Yep. That the two of them have ridden this roller coaster. Um, you know, Jesus did descend down into, into hell. So, I mean, you, I would imagine he's a real thrill seeker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Maybe they have a Tower of Terror in heaven <laughs> that like gives you a little peek into hell. all the way down to hell. Yeah. That's what, Just to that's scare what, you for listen, a little, little fun. That's what they were seeing in Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about the chasm. Yeah. There's actually a roller coaster that goes through the chasm, but people in hell can't get on the ride to go back up. No, no. Their punishment is for our entertainment. And people can't get people from heaven can't get off the ride to right. help people in hell. So like yeah. it just like well, they shoots wouldn't them want to anyway. They that would, see them, shoots them back up. If if they helped the people in hell, that would ruin the ride. Right, exactly. So no, we're not gonna do that. No, no, no. Can we keep do you, should we move on or can we keep going on cat? Um I think we should probably come to close to an end on cat so we can spend some time on, you know, the rapture, but I think we can hit one more thing for Kat. Okay, one more thing. I had some videos prepped of her claiming some outlandish stuff. Like, she claims in one of these videos that she has been put in charge of a battalion of angels. That there is a battalion of angels in heaven that she is literally the general of. All right. I have sent probably, I don't know, a hundred million of the hosts over there to Israel to pull down strongholds of Satan coming against them, to tear down the words that were spoken against them. He's I, He asked me to do that, so I did. And I know you think that sounds weird that he asked me to send them, but that army is an army of heaven that I command. I have one of her... Uh, using a Trump flag as a mantle and putting it on someone and saying you have the mantle, a prophetic mantle as a Trump flag. Uh But instead of all that, I just want to show you something. She put out a calendar um, where she sold this calendar in 2019 um, where she claimed that there are pictures of angels and it's literally just pictures of clouds. Oof. It's pictures of real clouds that she claims are actually angelic beings. And they have the most amazing names. Rex. <laughs> the commander of the Royal Guard, Rex. And look, doesn't that cloud kind of look a little bit like a face? You see like a mouth yeah, and a see, chin? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. So clearly, that's an angel. Look at this one. Uh, this one is Trooper. He transports Heaven's troops. And his name is Trooper. Okay, I don't even see a face in that one, though. Uh, well, it's, you got to have a revelator's eyes, I suppose. You're just not seeing it in the spirits, okay? I mean, I mean, they're just pictures of clouds. It's literally a calendar of, of just cloud pictures. And, like, listen, if you're into clouds and you have a cloud calendar, good for you. Like, I mean, I, I've seen calendars of some weird things. However, calling clouds angels, that's, that's a little... Uh, that's a little strange, it, especially it, because the Bible describes angels as like you know beings with like eyes everywhere, and yeah, like yeah. made completely out of wings like. and like some crazy things. There is so much to unpack here, and yeah. we could jump from here to literally anywhere. I mean, look at this one, Scout the, from Heaven's Armies. We could talk about the weird obsession with the military in so many of these evangelical right. circles, and, and with war, and how instead of being people of peace and being against war, we seem to be championing it. Yeah, We could talk about nationalism, the way that she's obsessed with Trump and with Trump winning. We could talk about false prophets, obviously. We could talk about heaven. Yeah. She's so, she covers everything. She's so right. versatile, we could go anywhere. Now, I will say, I have to agree with some of the things that she has said. Oh, yeah. Like one of her magnets says, roll up your rapture rug and rule. Roll up your rapture rug. Nice. Okay, so yes. if she's here for like, so you she, know, so getting rid of the rapture. She doesn't believe in the rapture. I'm okay with that. That's, that's. I'm okay with that. A broken clock is right twice a day. Exactly. And I have heard her say, we're supposed to love people. Yeah. In one of, you know, one of the interviews that she has done, she was talking about, you know, 
someone was in the hospital and people that she went to church with were like, oh, well, what did they do, mm-hmm. you know, to deserve God's judgment? Mm-hmm. And she's like, they probably didn't do anything. We need to pray for them and we need to love them. And we don't, it doesn't matter what happened. Like, we just need to love them. Yeah. Which I'm here for that. You yeah, know, that's I good. agree with that. But you're going to buy a cloud that's calendar? That's about it. I'm probably not going to buy a cloud calendar. And I will say, I do appreciate the transparency in making her company a for-profit company. <laughs> like, I do appreciate that. She is honest about the fact that it is a for-profit company. She is such an interesting person. She's so interesting. And I think we're going to have to come back to her again and again. Yeah. Because she is this enigma. She's like a living meme, but yet also so dangerous because there are people who are listening to stuff like hers. And, and and having completely warped theology and ideas of God. and Thinking that they're correct. Yeah. I mean, there's this, like you said in another episode, a fetishizing of going to heaven yeah. rather than bringing heaven to earth. There's right. this obsession with, you know, these, these like, magic tricks, essentially. That's right. Some of the stuff that she's talking about. Um, it's almost like she's making an idol out of heaven in a way. Yeah. And certainly out of Trump. Right. Um, Again, I I kind of lean back to what I said in the Is Heaven For Real episode. Paul, mm-hmm. I believe it is, said that he went to heaven and was not permitted to speak of the things that he saw. Yes. Why would we be? Yes, that's true. He says that he saw heaven and that he couldn't, he said that he couldn't explain it. Right. Because it was impossible to put words to it. Correct. And that even if he could put words to it, it would be unlawful. Yeah. But it's okay for Kat. So. The weather warrior who fights Dorian. And flies with Christopher Reeves. Yes. Um, Anyways, I don't, I don't know how to transition this. I think the best way to transition it is to give credit again to her rapture rug magnet. Let's get into the rapture. And say thank you for agreeing that the rapture probably isn't a thing. Yeah. So here is our next part of the podcast: the rapture. Our friend who always does timestamps. This is a good time to do it. Yes. <laughs> Which, by Stamp. the way, thank you so much. You're so you cool. are the real MVP. <laughs> You're so, like, we love shout you. Shout out like in the comments below if you see her comment for the timestamp, like it. Thumbs up it. I want more likes on that comment than on our actual video because she <laughs> yeah, deserves it. Exactly. Oh, my God. Every time I see that comment with the timestamps, I just smile. Because I use them. Yeah. yeah. I don't, wanna, like, I don't want to watch our whole show. People like, can, can you like use the chapter feature? I don't know what that is. I don't know how to use that yet. We're still working well, on it. I don't know what you're talking about. Use her timestamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably more accurate. Well, one of the most common topics that people have asked us to cover is the rapture. We've covered it satirically before, but people really want us to dive deep into more of a um, unpacking of where this belief came from and go ahead and get into the theology of it and look at the verses that support it. Um, because the rapture is one of those things that a lot of people are deconstructing because it's actually very toxic. Yeah. You know, it's easy to make jokes about, as we have in the past, and we'll continue to, but the rapture itself has actually caused a lot of harm. It, it's hurt a lot of people. I've have my own stories, but also people from my TikTok who have commented and have sent me messages explaining some stories of how they were traumatized right, by yeah. the rapture as kids. Um, coming home from school, expecting your mom to be there, but she went for a walk or something, and so yeah. she's not there, so you freak out and think, right. you know, that you've been left behind. I mean, I had a rapture buddy. Yeah. You know, like, I think some people can kind of understand what I'm saying here, but if I couldn't find, like, my parents, you know, mm-hmm. certain people, there's somebody I would call and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. how's it going? And, like, pray that they picked up the phone, because yeah. I'm like, if they're still here, you know that the rapture, the rapture didn't happen. Yeah. Like, if yeah. they are here... I'm good because I, there's no way that they didn't make it. Yeah, and I was. Meanwhile, I wasn't terrified. Being, about, yeah, I wasn't terrified about being left behind. I was terrified about my friends being left behind and it being my fault. Right. So I had the savior complex, 
honestly, it led into a whole childhood of thinking that I have to save everyone, which is a childhood stealing thing. It's putting way too much pressure on a kid than he should have. It's it's a damaging belief. I was terrified of the rapture happening before I could get married and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the rapture happening before you could things. have sex is, yeah. is a real fear. I legitimately prayed. I was like, God, just hold off. Yeah. For just for a while. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's hilarious and also sad, but I literally have had conversations with people who have told me they got married young partly because <laughs> they were worried about the rapture happening. You know, and yeah. Well, it's better to get married than burn. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But why don't Brandon? Do you want to take us through where this belief came from? Yeah. So back in the like the late eighteen hundreds, okay, there was this thirteen year old girl in Scotland. Yes, that had a vision of the church being snatched off the planet and the entire world be thrown into chaos. Yes. Okay? Yes. That and is where a majority of rapture theology comes from. So all of this came from a thirteen year old. A thirteen year old girl had a vision of the church being snatched off the planet. Right. Okay. Wonderful. Now it was heard by a minister named um John Darby. Yes. Okay? John Nelson Darby. John Nelson Darby. And he took it to the US. All right. It wasn't immediately accepted here in the States because we're like, wow, that sounds kind of crazy. That's the vision of a thirteen year old girl. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. all it takes in the church is the right person to hear it. That's true. And that person was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody. Okay. Moody started a ministry school in Chicago, and then also um, he met up with a guy called Schofield. Yes. Um, then he also started his own mm-hmm. uh, Bible college. Yes. The Dallas Bible Institute. Yes, okay. and they taught the rapture there. Right, they taught the rapture there. Most importantly, mm-hmm. he wrote a reference Bible Mm-hmm. That included rapture stories. Oh yeah, the Schofield Reference Bible is still huge, right? But spread it, like fire. Yeah. Okay. Huge reference Bible. I'm sure you could go to a Lifeway bookstore right now mm-hmm. and get a Schofield Reference Bible. No, you can't because Lifeway's out of business. Oh, are they completely out of business? Yeah, they're, they're going. Oh, yeah. I thought well, we have our like own little Lifeway right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to recreate. It's a Lifeway so, from 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure you can go on Amazon and get a Schofield Reference Bible. You don't have to. I would recommend that you not. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then that influenced another series of books, right? And this is the big part. Okay, mm-hmm. so that book got picked up by mm-hmm. a by a group of pastors, and those pastors wrote a series called The Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. We've talked about The Fundamentals on the podcast before. It was a book. It was a book series written that these pastors sent out to um, different churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose pastors couldn't afford to go to seminary. Right. So it, it, it was super popular in the South, especially. Right. And and they couldn't afford real schooling, so this was their schooling. Right. They and had so, these, these these books, and that's all they really had. Yeah, they had great intentions of learning, you mm-hmm. know, and wanting to know how to preach better, wanting to know how to teach better. Yeah. Um, and so these people sent out the things called the fundamentals and said, you don't need to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've gone to seminary ourselves. Yeah. We've written down the fundamentals. This yeah. is all you need to know. Yeah. Side note. This is true. They did not send the fundamentals to very many black churches. Yeah, that's true. Because they did not want the black church to be a part of the fundamental movement. Yeah, that's true. It's I'm going to do a video about that in the future. So keep an eye out for that. So just a just a bit of racism to throw into your rapture just history. Just a skosh of racism you know, to throw into your rapture history. It wouldn't be toxic theology history without some racism. Exactly. So the fundamentals fully embraced the idea of the rapture mm-hmm. and the idea of the world being snatched off that this little girl had a vision of back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so honestly, though, the world was in a very weird place, though, when this was happening. 
Because you have the end of the Civil War. Yeah. Okay. You have World War One really kind of, you know, starting mm-hmm. to develop. You know, it's obviously not happened yet. Spanish flu. Spanish flu, Great Depression, yeah. all of these things. And so the idea of a theology that revolves around Christians being able to escape this broken planet mm-hmm. was embraced by so many people. Exactly. Which is exactly what we're in right now. Right. We're still in a very trying time. We're in a broken planet. And honestly, this is having a resurgence because of the same is the escapism is still popular. Right, correct. Having gone through the pandemic and, and, and just all of twenty twenty. Yeah. Escapism is once again extremely popular. And so the same, you know, ingredients are, are working right. once more. And so I mean and of course they would use verses like a thief in the night, mm-hmm. you know, to back up this viewpoint. But really where I think that, you know, the rapture has had a huge resurgence mm-hmm. in our day is the Left Behind series. Absolutely. Because, you know, it was back in the 90s. This was before I got saved, but obviously the influence was still felt. I know about the Left Behind series. Mm-hmm. There was a movie with Kirk Cameron and yeah. then a redo of the movie with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And so, and they sold 68 million copies. That's insane to me. And they made, had a kid series. And, and so we have an entire generation now that doesn't really know this history that Brandon just laid out. And they don't realize it, but their view of the end times is more influenced by left behind than it is by the Bible. Right. And they don't realize where it came from. When it, you, you really boil it all down, all of that fear that you've had about the rapture, all of that traumatizing childhood stealing fear came from a 13-year-old girl and a bunch of old white guys. Yeah, sorry. Sucks. Hate to be the one to break the bad news. Yeah. But honestly... It's important to know this history so that we can now better deconstruct it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go ahead, if you uh, want, I'll go ahead and get into some of these verses that people use to prop up the rapture. Yep. Uh, So there's really only three primary verses that people use to build this whole theology off of. Um, Now, there are other instances in the Bible that people point to, like some verses in Daniel. um, But really, the rapture verses are three in the New Testament. And all of them are completely misunderstood. Right. For instance, in 1 Corinthians first, uh, first Corinthians 15, we have the verse that famously says, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, they will be changed and death will be swallowed up in victory. So this is, saying, this is where we get this idea that there will be a trumpet blast and people just like that will just vanish. Uh, the thing is, it doesn't say anything about leaving the earth. It doesn't mention it, it at all. It just says they will be changed. Right. It doesn't say anything about people getting off of this rock. Right. There's nothing about a millennial reign. There's nothing about, you know, any of the stuff that we say about the rapture. Yeah. Um, now, we also have uh, we also have Matthew 24. And in this one, you have uh, Jesus saying that the this time will be like the days of Noah. Um, so that's another very popular one. He says... It'll be like the days of Noah. Two men will be in a field. Yep. One will be taken, the other left. Correct. And then he says, two women working in a mill, one taken, the other left. And so we have songs about this. Yeah. Uh, about, uh, I wish we'd all been ready. Right. And where they sing about one being taken. The thing is, he says it's like the days of Noah. Yeah. In the days of Noah, the person who was <laughs> taken was the person who died. In, in the, the flood. In the flood. The ones who were left behind on the earth were the ones who were safe in the ark. Right. So if Jesus is talking about an end-of-the-world scenario, which he's not, but if he was, if that is where we would apply this verse, you would want to, to be, be left, left behind. behind. <laughs> you would want to be left behind. He's saying you want to be left behind where it's safe. Right. Uh, now, of course, he's not talking about the end of the world. He was actually talking about the destruction of Jerusalem that would happen only a couple decades later. Right. 
But that's beside the point. Then finally, the last one is First Thessalonians 4. And this one we have, For the Lord himself, with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven. The dead in Christ will rise. We will be caught up to join him in the air. Um, and then it's, it goes into the things about the thief of the night, yeah. the woman in childbirth. So interesting things here. First of all, um, have do you know about the word parousia that's used here? Uh, not really. I, I know some of it, but okay. give us the... Uh... Yeah, so, okay, I'll try to be quick. So when he says that they'll be caught up to meet him in the air, he's using a Greek word, parousia. Actually, I think N.T. Wright pronounces it parousia. I don't know which one's right. Couldn't tell you. I'm not an expert. We've already said that. We'll just go parousia. I mean, people in Britain also call aluminum aluminium, so... Who, well, that's correct. correct you don't do that? That's how you're supposed to say I it. I say it sometimes. Just, <laughs> I like to sound pretentious. So parousia, parousia... Adidas instead of Adidas. Love it. So parousia or parousia, what that is, is it was a it was a common practice that Paul was very familiar with, as were the people he was writing to in this book. Uh, it was a practice in Rome where whenever uh, the Caesar, whenever the, the emperor uh, would leave town to go win a battle, to go fight, or just on some sort of trip, as he would come back to town, the people in town, the, the citizens, would run out of the city, would go down the road and meet him as he was on his way. And then they would welcome him back into town, throwing like a parade. Right. And, and so it's called a parousia. They would throw a parade for him, basically welcoming, welcoming him back to town. It's beautiful because we also see this whenever Jesus is coming into Jerusalem mm-hmm. on the back of the donkey. Yeah. You know, like there is essentially a parade happening around him. Exactly. And so Paul is saying, Paul is talking about the second coming of Christ. And he's saying that when we get caught up to meet him in the clouds, he's using that parousia word. He's saying that the church welcomes in Jesus. Right. So if we apply a spiritual meaning of this rather than a literal one, what we have is Paul saying that the church will welcome the return of Christ. Right. He's not talking about the church being snatched up off the planet to never come back. Yeah. And even if we apply a literal translation to it. Mm-hmm. It's we will be snatched up to meet the Lord in the heavens to and turn then around brought back and down come, to the earth. Exactly. Because the mission of, of of new creation is to recreate, to renew the earth. Right. It's not to leave and have it be destroyed. Correct. If you go through the Bible and, and look at how many times you notice renew the earth or, or, or new creation or you know things like that, renew the face of the earth, that's the message of the Bible. Yeah, exactly. It's not about letting it just burn while we get off this rock. Right. Um, the other thing that's important about these verses is that he, it, Paul is ingeniously also referencing back to Old Testament stories. Yeah. If you go and look at um, Exodus chapter 19, you have when Moses is getting the commandments from Mount Sinai. Right, yep. And it uses the exact same words. It says that the Lord descended. It says that he descended in a cloud. It says that, uh, that Moses was caught up to meet him. Um, and then that, that he Received came down. the law. Yeah. So it uses the exact same words of meet and cloud and, and, and descend and trumpet. It, yep. it, it describes a trumpet blast. So when Paul uses cloud, trumpet, meet, and descend, he is knowing that his readers will catch that. Right. And they'll say, oh, he's he's like copying or he's referencing Exodus. Right. So what he's trying to say is that Jesus is better than Moses. He's better than the law. Right. He's describing this instance that they'll recognize. And this is one thing that like kind of annoys me about, you know, uh, 21st century Christianity is we are living in the easiest day and age to see these connections. Yes. Because we have the totality of the old Testament yes. and the totality of the new Testament mm-hmm. in the same book. Yeah. That yeah. reference back to each other. Yeah. And we still can't put two and two together that Paul 
would have read the Old Testament. Yeah. He says that he was a Pharisee among Pharisees. Yeah. He knew he it very knew well. the Old Testament better than any single person walking the face of the planet Probably, today. yeah. And, and, and he, and he, and he knew, knew that the people reading his letters would know the Old Testament because that's all they had. Exactly. So he ingeniously combined a modern-day reference with right. Perusia or Perusia. And he combined that with a Old Testament reference. Right. And and his readers would have caught that. But when we rip the Bible out of its world, strip it of all of its cultural context, and then plop it back down in our world and think that it's meant for us and will, it is meant to design with us in mind, you know, we miss all of that. Right. And it's it becomes less about the celebration of heaven finally manifesting the you know mm-hmm. finally manifesting the totality of as in heaven yeah on earth yeah and it becomes we get to escape off this rock yeah that god told us to care for exactly and to have dominion over mm-hmm. and this place where god has always intended to dwell with humanity yeah because if the point of the earth was to be a holding ground why would god create it anyways mm-hmm. it talk in genesis it talks about how adam walked with god in the cool of the day here not in heaven there's this whole thing about how like you know well the garden of eden was a meeting place between heaven and earth and it was this Mm -hmm. weird spiritual realm where god you know where god was able to walk with man no i believe that god walked with man on earth yeah yeah and i believe that that is the message that was supposed to be coming across was that heaven can dwell on earth now Mm -hmm. through the church yes and in the rapture that is whenever jesus comes back to bring the kingdom of god back to the earth Exactly. And, and it's important to note that what we're describing is so much more easily articulated in, in Scripture than this idea of the rapture. Right. Our ideas of the end times, if you were raised evangelical, um, you might not know the words for it, but um, a lot of this is called dispensationalism. And a lot of the ideas of dispensationalism um, is so much harder, really, to pull from the Bible, you have to work hard right, yeah. to come up with this. I mean, have you seen this picture of John Hagee with his with his banner with his timeline? No. Okay, I'm gonna find that. But but what I'm trying to say is that like it takes actual effort to come up with this this timeline. Yeah. With the, this idea of you know first this happens and then and then there's this war and then there's um you know the millennial reign and and then. It's easier it's crazy to amount. just let the Bible say what it's actually trying to say, which is that we will read that the, the the church will be a part of new creation and that will live on earth. It, the Bible is not about the end of the world. No, it's about the beginning of the world and then a new beginning. Right, but there is no end. Correct. There is no end of the world because there is no there is no beginning to God, but mm-hmm. more importantly, there is no end to Him either. Yeah. So it's like God is. God is that that is it, and so the idea that there has to be an end of the world for God to come back mm-hmm. is it's, it's, it's a disingenuous idea because God never created this world to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So when we, and part of the problem is, is looking at literal translations of, mm-hmm. of the old Testament and things like, you know, the flood of Noah, mm-hmm. because when we look at the flood, we see where God had to destroy the earth to remove sin. It's less about God having to destroy the earth to remove sin. But we see that then again in the rapture where God calls the church up so they can avoid the destruction of the world. So the world can be destroyed and then the church will come back down and land gently into the millennial reign and all these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not what happens. It's not. It's just not what happens. And 
I think that we need to acknowledge the fear that we have caused in people. Right. And we need to repent for it, honestly. Because we have these movies like A Thief in the Night, where it shows children being led to guillotines to to be killed. I mean, there's this just horrible idea that in the left behind years, that those who are still on earth will be given a choice of either take the mark um, or, or basically have to deny Jesus to take the mark or don't take the mark and stay a Christian. Right. But if you don't take the mark, you get beheaded. Yeah. And so this idea is that anyone who refuses the mark of the beast and decides I'm still going to be a Christian, they get their head chopped off. And, and I can't tell you how terrified I was of guillotines. Yeah, as understandable. A kid, I would find these random articles in the news about like some sort of rumor about a guillotine being brought back for death penalties. Of course, it was never true. It was just clickbait. Right, yeah. But yeah. every time I'd see it, I'd have like a little panic attack. It's like, this is the This beginning. is it. This is it. I missed the rapture. Yeah, or, or, or we're leading up to it. It's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Um, or, or same thing with microchips. For some reason, the idea of the mark being a microchip was so popular. Oh, it still is. It, it still is. So any idea of like advancing technology would literally cause anxiety. It would cause panic attacks. Right. Because it's like, this is it. This is this is it now. This is the mark. And, and let me ask you something. As the church in the last days, not I don't even think we are in the last days. I think no. we are at the beginning of human history, not the end. I don't think we're in the last days. But let's just say for a minute we are. We're that special generation, yay us. Yay. What are we supposed to be known for? Are we supposed to be known for the generation that was terrified of technology and that was like, oh, we got it right. It's happening now. We were correct. Jesus said when the master comes back, don't let him find you not working. Right. He didn't say say when the master comes back, he's going to want to be able to say, oh, we got it right. It was today, just like we said. Yep. You know, he said, make sure you're working. And how do we work? We love, we forgive, we care for people. And here's my question. That's what we're supposed to be known for, not freaking about microchips. If it's not the last days... What will the church in 2,000 years mm-hmm. think about the church in 2021? Yeah. Like, what legacy are we leaving for the church to be built on for the next 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 years? Yeah. If we're wasting our time thinking, this is it. A Democrat won in the White House, and so that's the last sign we needed. Right. The rapture index is now at a full whatever it gets to, and it's happening. Here's John Hagee with his timeline. You can see part of it. It's so so elegantly put together but you it feels like those pictures of um conspiracy theorists crazy people yeah, with all the like, like the yarn, yarn connecting yeah. oh, things yeah. that's what this feels like mm-hmm. and i just wish i could tell people like you know this Does the church go up in like a little bubble looks like it yeah it's very hard to make out what's going on here i don't even know if he fully understands um and he of course it, it's based off of a terrible reading of revelation we went into the three verses earlier yep. but it's also worth noting that of course revelation is horribly misread to back this up as well revelation never once mentions the rapture just yeah. want to clarify that it never never it, one time it never has the word rapture in it, and it doesn't even have the word antichrist i would love to give you a verse about the rapture from revelation but it does not exist. Yeah, same with Antichrist. The The word Antichrist is not in the rapture, or the rapture. It's not in Revelation. It's just not, it's not there. You can look. The, yeah. You're not going to find it. The, the only time the word Antichrist is used in the Bible is in the three letters from John. And when he uses it, it's always a plural. 
and so he says antichrists. I think I might have said that before, so I won't dwell on it. Or talk but, about a spirit. Yeah, it's a spirit that he said is with us today and will be with us in the future. In other words, it's not a physical person. Right. It's not like one guy we've got to be looking out for. What a lot happens, though, is a lot of people take the idea of the spirit of the Antichrist mm-hmm. and they apply it to the beast that is mentioned in yeah. uh, Revelation and say yeah. that the beast is the Antichrist. Yeah. Which is... A, a leap at best. It's a horrible misreading of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, that's not what the beast is at all. We might have to do an entirely separate episode about Revelation, though. Yeah. Because, the, you know, we really don't have much time anymore. We're already past our time. But I just want to let you guys know the rapture is based off of a, of a horrible misreading of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It has a history uh, that is easy to debunk, to, to see yeah. the holes in it. Um, and you don't have to believe in it. Instead, now people ask... Well, if you don't believe in the rapture, does that mean you don't believe in the second coming? No. Jesus is coming back. Yeah. 100%. We just, this, it's not going to look like the rapture. It's not going to be the church being called up and the world being thrown into absolute chaos. It's not going to end in, in, a, in a bloodbath. You know, right. when Jesus returns in, in Revelation, it says that the sword's in his mouth, not his hands. And so it's his words that imposes victory, not murdering people. Yeah. And um, the, the, the way that this all wraps up, which I don't think is going to happen for a long time, you know, every, every generation thinks that they're the last generation because they want to be special. Right. They want to be the special one that gets to see the end of it. Yeah. I don't think we are that. But when it does wrap up, the Bible's, the Bible's describing not a church retreat, but a heavenly invasion. Yeah. It's describing heaven coming to earth and making all wrong things right. And that, 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 that the earth is renewed and that there's no more sin or, or, or death on the earth. And the beautiful thing about that, too, is God is outside of time. Yeah. Heaven is outside of time. So whenever we say that God is coming to make all things right on the earth, making all wrong things right. Whenever the Bible says he will wipe away every tear, he's not talking about having joy going forward. Mm -hmm. We're talking about God going throughout all of the entirety of time and every wrong thing being made right Mm -hmm. to where every tear that you have cried and will cry will be wiped away. Yeah. And that is the rapture theology that we should be talking about. Exactly. The idea that when Jesus comes back, it's not going to be a bloodbath, but it's going to be a celebration to where God restores every single thing that the enemy and sin and death stole from Exactly. And and it's a victory imposed by his own love and self-sacrifice. That's why in Revelation, the blood in his robe is there before any sort of battle took place. Because it's his own blood. And it's already done. Symbolizing that his victory is established through his self-sacrifice and love, not through killing people. Right. So good news, everyone. Jesus isn't coming to kill you. But he is coming back to fix everything that is. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to say to our viewers who are Christian and are deconstructing, I hope that this helped you and I hope this meant a lot to you. And to our viewers who are mostly here just to have us like make fun of evangelical culture, maybe you're not actually a Christian, that's wonderful and welcome. Thank Glad you for being here. here. Um, if we got a little theology, theology heavy and you're here more for the jokes, um, I hope you still stuck around and just know that not all Christians think that the end of the world is happening tomorrow. Right. And I hope that means something to you. And also, if you're, if you're really here for the jokes, know that our comedy videos are being spun off into their own thing that we're yep. going to post on Fridays. We've realized that a lot of our comedy videos are reaction based and so that doesn't really translate well to the people that listen to the audio of it. Yes. So we want to make sure that, you know, the uh, the meat of our podcast is still accessible to people that listen to audio only. Yes. But we also don't want to get rid of the funny bits because we love the funny bits. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't, I, I think they're really fun. So, so those are spun off into their own videos. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you for coming and, and, and sitting with us. I know Kat wants us to stand, 
but I'm but glad we're that... kind of lazy and we're wearing shorts. Yeah, so. if we sit up, you'd see our, our, our shim shorts on, and that's not. Yeah, that's uncouth. Yes, exactly. Uh, but guys, seriously, thank you for being here, and know that we love you guys. Join our Patreon, and that way we can hang out on Discord. Yep. As always, comment, like, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications for when we upload, and uh, we will see you guys next week. See you guys.